0: Chapter 7 of The Turn of the Tide. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Derbyshire, Auckland, New Zealand. The Turn of the Tide by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter 7 Five Oaks. Awoke to a new existence on the first morning after the arrival of its guest from new york an existence of wild shouts gleeful laughter scampering feet and confusion in the kitchen and the garden old mr and mrs barrett no longer held full sway for some time there had been a cook a waitress a laundress and an experienced gardener as well in the barn, too, there was now a stalwart fellow, who was coachman and chauffeur by turns, according to whether the old family carriage or the new four-cylinder touring car was wanted. Tom, Peter, Mary, Patty, and the twins had not been at Five Oaks twenty-four hours before they were fitted to new clothing throughout. Mrs. Kendall had not slept until she had interviewed a town clothier as to ways and means of immediately providing two boys and four girls with shoes, stockings, hats, coats, trousers, dresses, and undergarments. "'Course, they ain't exactly necessary,' Patty had said, upon being presented with her share of the new garments. "'But it's awful nice, cause now we don't have to go to bed when ours is washed, and they be awful nice, just bang up. No wonder five oaks awoke to a new existence. The wide spreading lawns knew now what it was to be pressed by a dozen little scampering feet at once. And the great stone lions knew what it was to have two yelling boys mount their carven backs and try to dig sharp little heels into their stone sides. Within the house, the attic, sacred for years to cobwebs and musty memories, knew what it was to yield its treasured bonnets, shawls, and quilted skirts to a swarm of noisy children who demanded them for charades. Tom, Peter, Mary, Patty, Arabella, and Clarabella had been at Five Oaks two weeks, when one day Bobby McGinnis found Margaret crying all alone in the old summer-house down in the garden. "'Gory, what's up?' he questioned, adding cheerily, soldiers daughters don't cry it was a quotation from margaret's own childhood screed and one which in the old days seldom failed to dry her tears. even now it was not without its effect for her head came up with a jerk i i know it she sobbed and i ain't i mean i are not going to there you see she broke off miserably falling back into her old despondent attitude Ain't should be are not always, and I never can remember. Pooh, is that all? Laughed Bobby. To take more'n a are not to make me cry. But that ain't all, wailed Margaret, and she did not notice that at one of her words, Bobby chuckled and parted his lips, only to close them again with a snap. There heaps more of 'em bully and bang up and gee and drowned, and gee on the ends of things. And well, almost everything I say seems so. Well, what of it? You'll get over it. You're a learnin' all the time, ain't ya? Or not you, Bobby? sighed Margaret. Well, are not you, then? snapped Bobby. Margaret shook her head. A look that was almost terror came to her eyes she leaned forward and clutched the boy's arm bobby that's just it she whispered looking fearfully over her shoulder to make sure that no one heard that's just it i'm not a learnin why not because of them tom and patty and the rest bobby looked dazed and margaret plunged headlong into her explanation it's them they do em all of em don't you see? They say ain't and gee and bully all the time. And I see now how bad this and I want to stop. But I can't stop, Bobby. I just can't. I try to, but it just comes before I know it. I try to stop them saying em first, went on Margaret feverishly. Just as I tried to make em act ladylike with their feet and their knives and forks. But it didn't do a mito good. First they laughed at me, then they got mad. You know how twas, Bobby. You saw em. Bobby whistled. Yes, I know, he said soberly. But when they go away-that's just it, cut in Margaret tragically. I wa'n't going to have them go away. I was going to keep em always. And now I, Bobby, I want them to go. She paused and let the full enormity of her confession sink into her hearer's comprehension then she repeated i want them to go well what of it retorted bobby with airy unconcern what of it wept margaret why bobby don't you see i was going to divvy up and i ought to divvy up too i've got trees and grass and flowers and beds with sheets on em and enough to eat and they hain't got anything not anything "'And now I don't want to divvy up. "'I don't want to divvy up because I don't want them here.' "'Margaret covered her face with her hands "'and rocked herself to and fro. "'Bobby was silent. "'His hands were in his pocket, "'and his eyes were on an ant, "'struggling with a burden almost as large as itself. "'Don't you see, Bobby, it's wicked that I am, "'oh, full wicked,' resumed Margaret after a minute i want to be nice and gentle like mother wants me to be i don't want to be meg of the alley i-i hate meg of the alley but if tom and patty and the rest stays i shall be just like them bobby i know i shall and, and so i don't want em to stay bobby stared uneasily changing his position well you-you hain't asked em to yet have you he questioned no Mother Presley stipulated that I shouldn't say anything about their staying always till their visit was over, and they saw how they liked things. Shucks, rejoined Bobby with his face clearing. Then what you're crying about? You ain't bound by no contract. You don't have to divvy up. But I ought to divvy up. Pooh, cause you hadn't, scoffed Bobby. Hain't folks got a right to have their own things? margaret frowned doubtfully i don't know she began with some hesitation if i've got nice things and more of em than patty has why shouldn't she have some of mine tain't fair somehow somebody ain't playing straight i-i'm going to ask mother she turned slowly away and began to walk toward the house not once but many times during the next few days Did Margaret talk with her mother on this subject that so troubled her? The result of these conferences, Bobby learned not five days later, when Margaret ran down to meet him at the great driveway gate. Back on the veranda, Patty and the others were playing housekeeping, and Margaret spoke low so that they might not hear. I am going to Devia," she announced in triumph, but not here. Huh? frowned Bobby. I am going to dig up and give him some of my things, you know, explained Margaret. Then when they go back, mother's going with em and find a better place for em to live in. Oh then they are going back, eh? Margaret flushed a little and threw a questioning look into Bobby's face. There seemed to be a laugh in Bobby's voice, though there was none on his lips yes she nodded hurriedly you see mother thinks it's best she says that they hadn't ought to be here now with me that it's my formative period and that everything about me ought to be just right so as to form me right see yes i see said bobby so crossly that margaret opened her eyes in wonder why bobby you don't care cause they're going away do you don't i he growled Hmm. i s'pose twill be me next that'll be sent flyin you why you live here well i say ain't an bully don't i he retorted aggressively margaret stepped back her face changed why so you do she breathed and i never once thought of it bobby said nothing he was standing on one foot Digging the toe of the other into the graveled driveway for a time Margaret regarded him with troubled eyes then she sighed well anyhow you don't live here all the time right in the house same patty and the rest would if they stayed i-i don't want to give you up bobby bobby flushed red under the tan his eyes sparkled with pleasure but his chin went up and his hands executed a careless flourish that a boy of fourteen is apt to use when he wishes to hide the fact that his heart is touched don't trouble yourself he shrugged eerily it don't make a mite o difference to me you know there's plenty i can be with and he turned and hurried up the road with long strides sending back over his shoulder a particularly joyous whistle a whistle that broke and whizzed into silence however the minute that the woods at the turn of the road were reached i don't care he blustered glaring at the chipmunk that eyed him from the top rail of the fence bully J ain't haint bang up there then having demonstrated his right to whatever vocabulary he chose to employ he went home to the little red farmhouse on the hill And spent an hour hunting for a certain book of his mother's in the attic. When he had found it, he spent another hour poring over its contents. The book was old and yellow and dog-eared, and bore on the faded pasteboard cover the words A Work on English Grammar and Composition. End of chapter seven.